This is Wrestling with your host, Isaac Scanlon. Big announcement, everyone. This Wednesday, November 9th, I will be releasing a special episode of Wrestling, so not on my usual Monday. You won't have to wait long for the next episode. My friends, Sterling Herrer, who you might know from previous episodes, and John Ratliff will join me to break down the results of the 2022 midterm elections. You won't want to miss it. Anyway, joining me for this episode is Gannon Lynch. After briefly discussing the 2022 World Series, Gannon recounts his experience with Youth with a Mission, YWAM, from his discipleship training school in Washington State to his missionary work in Cambodia. Along the way, we wrestle with the phenomenon of being slain in the spirit, the verse in the Bible where Paul says Satan hindered him, and the ills of modern American society, among other things. This is a riveting discussion, and I'm excited to bring this to you. I also have spammed this episode with links in the description. You can find a link to a map of Southeast Asia where Gannon traveled. So as Gannon and I discuss the geography of that region, you can have a visual. And I've also included links to private episodes, whether episodes I've cited in this one or episodes that I've recorded with vocational missionaries. And as always, follow the provided links to follow me on social media. Hi, Gannon. Welcome to Wrestling. Good to be here, Isaac. Great to have you. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Anything. Yeah. My I, pleasure. I see you're decked out. What What does your shirt say there? It's It's a baseball. It says... Oh, Major League Believer. Matthew, was it 19, 16, 24. Nice. So, you must be a baseball fan then. That I am. Yeah, so, you've probably been watching the World Series. What have you thought so far? I thought, my thoughts on the World Series so far is that uh, the Phillies came out... Well, first of all, the Phillies won game one in extra innings, which on a home run by GT Real Muto... Yeah, I saw that game. They were down 5 nothing at one point. And then they stormed all the way back and took the lead in the 10th, and it was, and it was a win from there. Yeah, that was that was an exciting game. Game 2, I didn't really watch that because I was busy last Saturday when it happened. I was busy actually hanging out with Isaac and other people. Yep, we and were at a dodgeball night. Fun, dodgeball. So much fun. We were throwing our own fastballs. Curves, sinkers, everything. <laughs> Fun at all. Yeah, definitely worth it. So, yeah, in case you're watching this in the future, or you're not watching, listening to this in the future, the date, just for the record, it's it's November 5th, 2022, and Game 6 of the World Series is tonight. The Houston Astros lead the Phillies 3-2, three, three games to two. Three games to two. The Phillies game three win was was the bet was the most exciting win of any of the games in my I, opinion. I know that was that was crazy. They just man, they just jumped all over the Astros pitcher. Lance McCullers might have been tipping his pitches, and it it definitely 
Well, he looked like he was. Now the Astros know what it's like when other teams know what pitch is coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I th- I feel like the Phillies might have wasted all their o- all their offense at home on on game three because game four they got no hit. The umpire strikes back. That 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 should be the title of that game. The umpire strikes back. Oh, another interesting note in game two. Home plate umpire Pat Hoberg had the first recorded perfect game of an of any umpire. Wow! So they so he didn't miss any calls behind the plate. Whoa, that's crazy! Crazy, think outrageous. Ab- think about how many. I mean, what is a typical baseball game between both teams? Like three hundred pitches. Yeah. Man, that's wild. That is crazy. Man, you know, say what you want about Major League Baseball adopting instant replay. But one thing we've seen from this is how good these umpires are at what they do. Well, most of them, that is. There's still a few. Angel Hernandez. Angel Hernandez. Oh, sorry. Got a little phlegmy there. (laughs) Yeah, and then game four. Schwarber let off the Phillies half of the first with a home run, but after that it was... All Astros. Hey, at least they didn't get no hit again. <laughs> at least. But yeah, now now the Phillies have to try to win two games in Houston, which is which is going to be tough. But the Nationals were facing the same situation in 2019. And look what they did. Mm-hmm. Man, that that whole story of the national of that Nationals team was was really wild, because at some point in May they were 19 and 31. Yeah, they their probability of winning the World Series was less than 1%. Their season, by all means, was over. But then they got hot at the right time. They squeaked into the playoffs. They had to play a wild card game just to be able to advance. And they won that game debatably on an error by Milwaukee right fielder Trent Grisham. Hey, any, I'm sure the Nationals will gladly take it. Their reward for winning that game was getting to play the Dodgers, who are perennially the who, best. Who won over 100 games that year. Yeah, they are perennially a a great regular a season powerhouse. team. But they definitely have a reputation of choking in the playoffs. At least at that time they did. And you can't... And 2017, but that's the, not even their fault, so... But also 2018, they lost the Red Sox in the World Series. Mm-hmm. 2019, they got they lost in five to the Nationals. Nationals. Yeah, and then the Nationals. Then they swept the Cardinals, which was which was wild. And then, like we said, that the 2019 World Series was crazy because the visiting team won, won every, every game. game, which has never. Which I think that was the first time in any. In any American sports seven-game playoff that had ever happened. Yep, so all of the MLB and also NBA and NHL. Yeah, that, that was crazy. But I I still remember seeing Howie Kendricks go ahead home run in Game 7 live. Were you, were you at the game or were you just watching on TV? I was watching on TV. I, oh, okay. 
Yeah, the t- it probably would have been pretty expensive to fly to Houston and get tickets to that game, but that would have been epic. Honestly, the, game, the seat tickets probably would have been more than the plane tickets. Oh, for sure. At least, at least double, not maybe even triple. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, that was a wild ride. So, don't count the Phillies out just yet. But we'll we'll see how well this ages. That'll be... The next two days will determine how well that last statement ages. Yeah, it sure will. Yeah, well, in fact, we'll probably know by the time this this podcast drops. (laughs) That we will, Isaac. That we will. Meanwhile, Gannon, to get to, I guess, a deeper, more important subject, you were on quite the adventure earlier this year. You said you did a YWAM. Yes, I did. I did a YWAM missions trip. That's youth with a mission for those of you who don't know. So, Gannon, could you explain what what YWAM is all about and what exactly you were up to? So, YWAM is about spreading the spreading the word of God to all corners of the globe. Basically, it their 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 entry program is a discipleship training school or DTS. Which is a five-month course with three months on the f- three months training, two months on the field, out in the field. And my DTS started January sixth of this year. And actually, it's kind of a funny beginning because, <clears throat> excuse me, because when I got there, I wasn't feeling too well. And. Yeah, I had a bad headache, just kind of drowsy. I think and I know where this is going. You do? The Rona. Well, you'd be right. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> my first day out there, actually my first, my January 6th was, a tra- was mostly travel for me. I left my house at like 4 in the morning, approximately. Got, a, got on a 6 a.m. flight to Seattle. And then spent the majority of the day driving, checking out places, and going, taking the two-hour drive to uh, to Linden, Washington, which is actually like, which is pretty much a Hallmark town, basically a Dutch Hallmark town. Huh, I've never heard of it. It's a small town in northern, about a few miles from the border, from the Canada border. It's farm. It's a farming town. And, uh, yeah, it's Dutch, it's a very Dutch, it's a very Dutch town, windmills everywhere, bikes, like, bikes around, bikes in the middle of flower beds. Were there also a lot of Calvinists there? I don't know about that, but there's, like, almost every, it seemed like every other street corner had a church. So very much small town America. Yeah, but like the number of churches like the put the base I stayed at within one mile there was probably I if I had to guess I'd say about twenty churches, fifteen, twenty churches. With most with most of those being like Lutheran or Baptist. There was one Methodist church that I saw, a Catholic in a Catholic church. But there's but there's mostly Lutheran and Baptist. It was like first, second, third reformed. All right, but that's where you did your DTS. In yes, the building that I did it in actually has a has a windmill on the on the corner. 
Does the windmill actually power any of your any of the facilities there? No, it's just for uh, most of the windmills there are just for decoration. Yeah. So back to so when I got there, actually, two days before I left home, I found out that my that my my dad or my well my mom had COVID. And then, the, and then the day before I left, my my dad tested positive for COVID, and so my mom went out to get some uh, some ivermectin, which is a uh, which at that at that time was con- controversial. Horse dewormer. But actually, I can tell you from experience that it's very effective because I only had symptoms for one day, for that Thursday. Yeah, um, a callback a previous episode when. When I had Pastor Mark Swarbrick on, uh, in part two of our episode, he talked all about ivermectin, and he's mm. written a whole book on the subject, so check out uh, that episode if you haven't done so already. Go do it. I know I have to. Yeah, well, Sp- I'm probably going to get hit with Spotify's warning label now of learn all about COVID, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I looked earlier and it looked like you already had it, but I don't know if you can get it more than once. Well, I mean, first of all, it's kind of funny you say that since, you know, you can get COVID more than once, apparently. I, yeah. I know I have, but... I got it, like, I got it in September after after being vaccinated in March, <laughs> which is about six months, but still. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like at this point, COVID is just sort of something we got to deal with. It, it's like a slightly stronger version of the flu at this point. With, but without the nausea. Hmm. Without without the vomiting and all that. Although I have heard some people have gotten diarrhea from COVID. I've heard something like that too, but I I can say that I haven't experienced that. Well, that's good. So anyway, so your parents get COVID, you go to Washington, you find out that you have COVID, so you probably had to quarantine for a bit. But then, but then you started DTS. What was that like? So, here, so the funny thing is, I didn't tell anybody at at the DTS that I had COVID. I kept it a secret. Were you trying to kill them? No, but I just I didn't want to scare anybody. Is the thing I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be the the bad guy. You know, I didn't want. To, I mean, I kind of was the bad guy at first, but everybody got over it after. After the mini outbreak, because I didn't want to wear a mask because I wanted to be able to see. Because I know you can't see me right now, but I have glasses on. Yep, yeah, they fog up the glasses, especially in winter when it's cold out. Speaking of that, Linden, right before I got there, they had a they had a deep freeze where it got to ten degrees, ten above zero. And that's, yeah, that's in Fahrenheit, obviously. It's in Fahrenheit. And when I heard that, I was like, deep, that's not a deep freeze. That is nowhere near a deep freeze. I know, that's just a, that's just a typical January day. Just a regular Tuesday here. But I guess not there, actually, it doesn't snow much there. Mostly get rain, because they're on the western side of of the mountains. Yeah, and you also got that ocean breeze coming in, which which generally keeps things more mild. Like, an average winter day in Seattle is like 30 to 40 degrees. 
that's pretty much what it was most of the time I was I was in Washington yeah and I bet was it cloudy pretty much every day pretty much every day it was clouds cloudy and when it, and, it, and we were lucky to not get rain yeah yep that's Pacific Northwest sounds like such a lovely place to live no offense if you're from there <laughs> yeah no it's actually it's actually really beautiful when it's when it's not when you can see for it when you can see a lot a long way it's actually very beautiful I know and the summers there must be really nice because it only gets like to 60 or 70 which that's that's an ideal weather day for me yeah definitely I'm not I'm not I don't do too well in the heat most of the time but sometimes occasionally I can handle it I mean I had to learn to handle it yeah I'll, we, I'll get to I'll get to the reason why in the future well I, I was just gonna interject that we Minnesotans are not bred for the heat we're bred for the cold but but um cold in the ice yeah but at any rate you're in DTS and I'm assuming it was this is just like the classroom training portion yes and so back to the timeline so I got I get there Thursday I feel fine I feel fine Friday Saturday and Sunday but Sunday night I had to I had to test because I still wouldn't I still refused to wear a mask because I wanted to feel included and be able to see and all that I, I apologize for anybody listening to this who has been affected by COVID, like seriously affected. My condolences are, are to you. And um, I, I regret not wearing the mask just because it caused a, we had a mini outbreak. So yeah, Sunday night I got tested, tested positive. It stuck me inside the windmill. <laughs> Actually? Yeah, I did. Oh, that's funny. So, the windmill does serve a purpose after all. It's a quarantine space. Well, yeah, there's like... So, this windmill is on the, it's on the street corner. The, gr- the ground floor... The ground floor is a, is a restaurant. And then there's three rooms above, above that. Okay. So, I stay in the top room. And, uh... And it got in the the nights where it got windy. It's actually a very nice room. So there's that. But one night when I was up there, it was really windy out, and I could I could feel the blades of the windmill wanting to turn, but they, there was something stopping them from turning. I'm not sure what it was though. Hmm. So when you come out of quarantine, I bet that's when that's when the training actually got underway. What what was that like? What what kinds of things did you learn? Man, I learned a whole lot. I'm, I regret saying this, but I don't remember all of it, especially not off the top of my head. Well, if you're getting that constant classroom training for three months, I mean, I I can't remember half this. I don't remember half the stuff I learned in school that I was tested on. So, I don't blame you for not remembering all of it. Okay, thank you, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, every week. With a, so every week there'd be a guest speaker like a who would be teaching who'd be doing the lesson and it, it wasn't the homework wasn't really like like what you think of homework would be would be it's just like the homework is basically just a review of, of what you learned the week everybody had a journal they would take notes during the lectures there's that is like lectures not really classroom but 
And then at the end of the week, you turn your journal in with the with with the answer the answers to. They presented us, they presented us with four questions at the beginning of the class at the beginning of the lecture phase. And uh, every week you had to answer the the questions. Okay, so just to make sure you were paying attention. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just to make sure that you were taking notes and actually being pre prepared to go out into the mission field. Yes. And so it had to do with Genesis. The first four weeks, we read through the first three chapters of Genesis with the speakers, with the speaker of the week. Week two, I can't remember the speaker's name. I'm, I'm just going to go on to something else because my memory's, my memory's blanking out right now. That's fair. I, I guess I just, I was wondering if you could just give sort of a flyover of what you learned or maybe some highlights. What are, what were some things that really stood out to you? Well, one highlight was, uh, was week six. We had a speaker named Peter Yang who, who grew up in South Korea. Actually, he was, a uh, on his laptop, he had a speak, had a sticker that said United Korea on it. Hmm. And, and, he was very, he, something very interesting about him is he actually, uh, at one point he had businesses, he had a, he had a business, multiple, multiple businesses in, in North Korea. Hmm. Dude, North Korea, man, I. That's a topic for another day. I know, I know. Um, well, if, I guess if you want to learn more about it, there's, there's a lady named Yeonmi Park. She's an escapee from North Korea and. Man, it's just, that place is, honestly, you, you just have to listen to it. I mean, it's just, I, I I can't believe a place like that exists. Like, I just, yeah, it's it's pretty horrific. But back to the subject at hand, Peter Yang is speaking. Yeah, yes, and, and there's, in one day, he uh, he prayed for everyone. And two of the girls from my from my from my uh, from my DTS actually fell over from the spirit hmm. of God, from the spirit of the Lord. I'll admit I'm I'm not really sure what to think of that, but but all right, all right. So so you think that was the Holy Spirit? I do believe so because uh, he had told stories before that of of people falling over from the spirit and just like being overcome. By the presence of the, of the spirit and being swept off their feet from that. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's not really, that's not really, well, it's something I personally have wrestled with quite a bit. I guess not being slain in the spirit in particular, but I, I guess, I mean, I was intending to ask just sort of what you thought about, you know, why Lamb's theology, since I know they're, they're more charismatic leaning. They're pretty charismatic, right? Yeah, and they're non-denominational, so there's, there's that. Yeah, and and also, it can probably vary depending on which YWAM you go to. Also, since yeah, it's it's a more decentralized system. They're all over the they're all over the place too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. By the way, did you did you get to pick where you went to DTS? Yeah, how you do that is you apply at at different bases. So I applied, I applied at this one, and Colorado Springs. You didn't apply to go to Hawaii, because man, I, I'd want to, I'd want to go to Hawaii for a couple months. Well, the thing is, 
all all the funds for the for for a DTS come out come out either out of either from donation or out of your own pocket. Yeah, I bet Hawaii must be more expensive. And when you're once you're there, you you have to you have to provide you have to buy like you have to buy food and I mean they they provide food at the base, but like they don't have meals on weekends except for I think Sunday night there's meals, but. So oh, yeah, you're very much raising your own support. Like, you know, like when Paul was on his missionary journeys and and he'd be asking all the churches, you know, for for their financial support or to or to have a gift to bring to the church in Jerusalem. Yeah. But yeah, you're you're really roughing it out there, it sounds like in a sense. I yeah, guess in financially a sense that was that was kind of a weird way to say it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, because the the base was nice. We I I, I had uh, three roommates. One of them was British, actually. So that was really that was very fun to have a British roommate. <laughs> He'd make jokes about America all the time, and <laughs> most of the time they were funny, but occasionally they were not. Hey, well, I mean, there's a reason we gained our independence from them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, take that, Britain. Cameron, if you're, Cameron, if you listen to this, you're you're a great guy. I, I miss you. Yeah, Britain's a cool place. I I'd like to go there. Yeah, me too. I'd love to go. I'd love I'd love to go to the UK. Yeah, we might even have a listener from the UK. My, I was going through on the Anchor app. I can see some analytics on my audience, and and it says I've had listeners from the UK. I mean. Hopefully they're not just bots, but, but yeah. I mean, hopefully after this one drops, you'll, you'll gain a you'll gain another a real listener. Yeah. In the UK. Hopefully. So yes, you were you were saying this experience of these two girls at the DTS being slain in the spirit really stood out to you. Because I'd never seen anything like that before. It was it. I just as soon as the first girl fell, I just I just. I was overcome by goosebumps and just chills, and I felt like it got the room got darker for a moment, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I'll admit I I tend to be a bit skeptical because I don't know for some reason just knocking somebody over just from my intuitions that doesn't really seem like something the Holy Spirit would do, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And, like, I don't really see any scriptural precedent for that kind of thing. But uh, but the Spirit and God in one have done have done even more miraculous, more impressive, I think. I mean, more impressive things than, than just knock somebody over with my... Right. I'm, I'm not denying that, you know, God isn't powerful enough to do it. It just... My, my, my point, my case is Exodus. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! First, few, like first ten, twelve, I think thirteen chapters, fourteen maybe. Oh yeah, the spirit realm is a very real thing. It's, I mean, miracles definitely happen. In fact, I honestly still don't really know where I lie on the whole continuationist cessationist thing. That's that's something I'm still wrestling with. But, but I mean. You know that's just my perspective but but it sounds like at any rate you know god really used it to 
to demonstrate through this experience, it sounds like you got closer to God this way. I did. Well, that's awesome to hear. Any more questions, Isaac? Um, I was just going to say if anything else from DTS really stood out to you. Um, too much to list. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, but, but then you took the field. Yes. Um... Although, okay, let me rephrase that. You took the mission field overseas because everywhere is the mission field. But... Funny story, actually. Okay. So, we found out, like, I think week... The lecture phase is, is, is 12 weeks. I think it was week 11. We, we found out uh, either, was either week, 11, week 11 or week 12... We uh we got word that our passports were that our everybody we had to send everybody had to send their passport to the you know so before that week ten nine or ten we found out we were going to Cambodia maybe that was week eight I don't I don't remember exactly when we found out but we found out we were going to Cambodia which is which is a really beautiful place definitely check it out sometime. For those of you who don't know, Cambodia is in Southeast Asia. It's, I think it borders Thailand. It borders Thailand, Laos, and Vietnam. Okay. Yep, right so, so that's the area. And if you still don't know where that is, it's directly south of China. And, well, if you don't know where China is, I, I, don't, know where to, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> if you don't know where China is, uh, what have you been, where, are you, where have you been living? I know. I, I actually had a friend who, when he was 20 years old... Unless you say Taiwan, then that's, then that's, 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 that's acceptable. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, but yeah, I, I had this friend who, he was like 20 years old, and he's like, I just found out the other week that England is in Europe. <laughs> I'm funny. like, I, I know how ignorant some people are but that just that honestly wrecked my brain but but uh, enough of making fun of people so actually so, so Cameron you're... my friend from the UK who I hopefully listens to this he he said the UK is more culturally is culture culturally is closer to the US than to, than the rest of Europe that does make some sense because it was most of the first um, European settlers in what is now the United States were were British. So, were, of course, you can make the you can make the argument that that the Vikings were. Well, yeah, the Vikings they, well, they did um, get to what we call North America before before other European groups and what is now Newfoundland. But and Labrador and think other parts of Canada. Yeah, but I'm mostly referring to what is now the United States. That was yes. very much, very heavily English and in, influenced in its early history. English and then the French from the north, kind of north, north east or west. Well, yeah, I mean there there definitely were other Europeans, but but it does make sense that that um that the United Kingdom and the United States would have similar cultures because because they have that common history, because so many of the first settlers in what is now the United States and it being a, a British colony, 
were were in fact from England. But also, he said it. But his his reasoning is was because of like. It wasn't so much history historical. It was like more like the food. They have more like the food is closer and like this Europe is more. I don't remember what he said exactly. It's just like I want to say proper, but like that that doesn't make sense. And that sounds British too. Yeah, I was just That's gonna proper. say that. Yeah, I don't remember what he said, Cameron. If if you if you hear this. Could you remind me what you said? Yeah, we might need to get Cameron on here to correct us. Well, what what time is it in the UK? Maybe maybe he'd be. He'd, they he'd are six hours ahead of us. What if I gave him a ring? And what if I gave him a ring? <laughs> yeah, or maybe we'll just have to have to leave that to another day. But yeah, maybe I could get him to to call into your show one day. That would that would be cool. So you might have just heard a teaser for a future episode there. Maybe. Okay, but but you arrive in Cambodia and and okay, you no. before that the passports. Oh yeah, passports got stuck in the, the Cambodian embassy in, D, in D.C. And so the day we were originally supposed to fly out, we we didn't we didn't have them back yet. So we were t- so. Uh, our first week of outreach was actually just in in Bellingham, Washington, which is about half an hour south of Linden. Hmm. Man, it's that's just that's I mean, an incredible demonstration. I think that's a great demonstration of providence right there. Yeah, one day we we made we made like a, a whole bunch of sandwiches and we're just handing them out in hot chocolate. And we were handing them out to homeless people in Bellingham, and we were listening to their stories, and and that was pretty, that was cool. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, you know, Paul several times, he writes about how, he writes in his epistles about how he was wanting to go to one area to do missionaries, but then he says, but Satan hindered us, so then he ended up going, going to what is now Greece instead, from from Turkey, I think he either went from Lystra to Neapolis or the other way around. And likewise, Paul also says in Galatians that it was because of a bodily ailment that Paul went to the Galatians. So we really see the spiritual warfare going on here with, with you know, your passports being held up. And, and you know, but God in his providence, he said... I'm going to have you be missionaries in your local area instead. I'm going to I'm going to have you reach these people right here in the United States before sending you to Cambodia. So it's just really cool the way God works in ways that we don't expect. Yeah, and then the next miracle was that we was that we were so there's a there's 19 of us that went to Cambodia. And so it was a miracle that we were able to find a flight because actually the travel agency that that helped us, they they have some believers there too that are close with the the leader of the base and why went and Lyndon I mean. And uh, there you go, being a travel agent for the glory of God. It's a thing. Yeah. And just another proof that they, you know you don't have to be an overseas missionary to be doing the Lord's work. And you really don't. You can do it anywhere. 
what you were saying? I, as I was saying, they miraculously found us a flight a week after we were, we were originally supposed to leave. Which is miraculous because trying to get 19 people on one flight is not is not an easy thing to do. I know. I, I can Especially also... when it's a, a Singapore Airlines flight to Asia. Yeah. I was going to say, well... There was probably no way you could have found a direct flight to Cambodia. I imagine that that that's not the easiest place to reach and that you have probably had to take multiple connecting flights to get there. Yes, actually, the flight Thursday, March, I think it was Thursday. Thursday, March 20, no, March 30th. We get on this plane. Actually, what day, what day, what day of the week was that? March 30th. So I get my facts right. My phone died. Oh, let's see. Let me think. What day was March thirtieth? This this is my hidden useless talent. Is that <laughs> I I can try to figure this out, but ah, oh, no pressure, right? Live, on the air, putting my hidden useless talent to the test. You said March thirtieth, correct? March thirtieth. Okay. Oh, man, what day was that? Maybe no, no. It's the thirty-first of March. My bad. Thirty-first of March. Okay, and um, oh man, I sorry. I can't. Okay, go ahead. Just go ahead. I found it. March. Okay, no, actually, I really want to get this right. So, let me guess. March thirtieth was Wednesday. March thirtieth was Wednesday. Okay, but I but I got it right. I still got it. We yeah, we flew out March thirty first. We flew out of Seattle on March thirty first. There's a short stopover in Vancouver, about an hour and a half, which is funny because being on a on a wide body aircraft flying forty five minutes is unusual. Yeah, I was gonna. I, yeah, they seem like they seem pretty close. I guess that would be kind of like flying from Minneapolis to Chicago. On a on a Airbus A three fifty, which seats like over three hundred people, huh? And yeah, there's just there's a huge variety of huge selection of movies and TVs, TV shows. I mean, and the food in Singapore Airlines is the best. Actually, it's the only really cooked like actually cooked food that I've had in an airplane. Because <laughs> I haven't I haven't flown far enough otherwise to to have a real meal on a plane. Yeah, I I just heard all the jokes about airline food. Actually, Singapore Airlines has, has very good, has very good food. What it's, kind of food was it? Well, every what? every meal they give you two options. Okay, so I'm just wondering, would it then have been more more like Asian or Singapore type cuisine? Uh, it was. There wasn't. I think only one of the meals had noodles, which is which is Asian. Noodles are popular in Italy and in Asia. Yeah, but different kinds of noodles. Yeah, it's I not think, the same kind of noodle. Yep, spaghetti noodles and Asian noodles. There's a, there, there's a different kind of process. I don't remember yeah. any of it, but I just know they're different. So yeah, but one of the meals had mashed potatoes, and that was very good. It's like mashed potatoes and gravy and some beef. I think it was. So that was very good. Anyway, the flight. So so we 
Yeah, we get on we get on the plane March thirty first, and we don't land. We land in Singapore on at like nine thirty p.m. on April first. So we we missed. So the April Fool's joke is that we didn't have we didn't we skipped <laughs> April April Fools. <laughs> yeah, man, that that's such a weird thing about flying internationally because not only do you spend all that time on the plane, but but if you're flying out from America, at least you're skipping ahead several time zones. So. Especially if you're flying to Asia from America, because yeah. then you cross the international date line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funky. But what's even weirder is flying back, because it's like you take off, you spend all that time on the plane, but it's pretty much the same time as when you took off. That that that's literally what happened on the way back. We. <laughs> We left Singapore Airport on the on the return flight to America. The actually we stopped over in Vancouver again on the way back. But from Singapore to Vancouver, we left at like nine twenty in the morning. We got to Vancouver at like ten thirty AM <laughs> the same day. That's so weird. We were in the air for not not as long as the first time, but because I think we had the jet streams in our favor this uh, return flight. Yeah, it was like 13 and a half hours, and we landed an hour after we took off. <laughs> oh, man, that is that is funky. That is really funky. It's cool, actually. It's like, you don't you don't feel like you took it. You don't, because obviously you don't, you don't feel like only an hour has passed. You feel like. Well, yeah, because in... not only an hour has passed. Yeah, but if you look at the clock, only an hour has passed, but. Everything else tells you it's been longer. But at any rate, you get to Cambodia, and so, so uh, how did you go about your missionary work there? So first of all, we when we we landed in Phnom Penh, the capital of Cambodia, at like six thirty or seven thirty at night, and because of where they are in the because of where the Cambodia is geographically, it's it's not too far from the equator. So like summer and dip, summer and winter the sun sunrise and sunset are like not that much different mm-hmm. not like we're where it's we're not like here in Minnesota where it's like way different in the summer versus the winter I know you but I was just in Alaska for the 4th of July weekend so so I experienced the midnight sun there Oh wow that's that sounds that sounds like fun I know, yeah, it was it was a really cool trip. It's it's a beautiful place. I'd love to go to Alaska. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. But but at any rate, you're in Cambodia. So we we, we get to the airport at like we leave the airport at like seven thirty PM approximately. It's an and it's an eight hour drive to the place we're staying. Because the main road between Phnom, we we were staying at a base in Battambang, Cambodia, which is the fourth largest city in the country. Oh man! And but you have that long plane ride, only to have to go another eight hours. The AR car ride, because they're because the main highway between them was under construction. Oof! So it wasn't. So most of it wasn't paved even. And because of because, and there was rain when we got there. It was raining, lots of potholes. I think. I think the we took three vans to get there. I think my, the van I was in bottomed out like I think twice. Wow, that 
Yeah, that that truly sounds like an adventure. So yes, yeah, so we get we get to uh we get to the base that we're staying at at like three thirty a.m. Sunday Sunday morning, April second, April second or third, April second, I think it was. And uh, and then we got a. And then the building we're staying at is like multiple floors. It's a nice building. But like, there was. We were, we were split into three rooms. The girls had two rooms and the guys had one room. How many of you in that one room? Eight of us. Whoop. But it had a. It had like. I think it had ten. It had five bunk beds, so. So two people had empty bunk for where they could put their stuff i was one of those people actually man how'd you how'd you get that deal i don't i don't did, did you draw sticks they get actually uh every bed it had a had a little gift bag on it from the from the staff at the base so it came with like a, a soda and like a couple other things was it one of the was pop, it, I mean a pop, what, my bad, a pop. Yeah, in soda we say pop. Yep. <laughs> but um, what I'm just curious, what kind of pop was it? Was it local or was it a brand name like a Coke? I got a, I got, a, I got Orange Fanta, but like okay. other people got the. There's also Coke, and like I think other flavors of Fanta. Okay, so but so it was the. It was the big global brands. Yes, but actually the Fanta there tastes different than the Fanta here. Huh. A little, little less manufactured. Hmm. The globalists have not completely taken over yet. No, they have not. <laughs> third, third world countries, countries are the last place. Anyway, so... So after a very eventful drive, you, you arrive at your bunks and then... The, the guy's room is on the third floor... So we had to carry all our stuff up three floors, and then everybody pretty much just crashed after a little bit. <laughs> yep, I I I definitely would have crashed after that. And um, then we we all had the option of going to church on the, on that Sunday because there's a church on the base. Yeah, I mean normally, you know, normally I obviously wouldn't condone missing church, but definitely understandable in that situation i think like half the half the team actually went to church like, mo- like a little over half only, only, i think there's only a few people that didn't go to a few that didn't go and i was one of the few okay just because i wanted to sleep in <laughs> yeah yeah well it's yeah your your adventure had already begun but but if you don't mind, what kinds of things did you actually do as far as, as far as what kind of work did you do once you got there? Most of the stuff I did was just, was teaching English, actually. So, we were split into two, like, for morning ministry, we were like, morning ministry and after, for morning ministry, we were split into two groups. One group went to this, this school, this school in the village that taught English. And this other, in the other group, we would either stay at, stay on the base and work on like landscaping because there's a garden that was, go- that was about to go in working on the garden or like going to this other place where they did like painting and stuff I never, I never got to go to that place but 
because I was in the group that did this that went to the school. And um so yeah, mornings then going to the, going to the school mornings uh, I got up at six a.m. which would get ready to go like shower and stuff, and then and then get breakfast and then we leave at seven to go to the school which is about twenty minute drive. And uh, yeah, then we taught there for three hours, came back, had lunch, and then in the afternoons. They they have an English school on base that we teach at. Everybody everybody taught at the whole group, like all nineteen of us. And then, like some people had, my co teacher was Cameron, the guy the British guy. So that was that was fun. Yeah, that was that was so much fun. So then. So then you're serving through through teaching English. So, how exactly did you go about? Infusing the gospel into your teaching. Um, the 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 morning school they had a first two hours were English and the last hour was Bible hour. Okay. So, they had that and then, and then Cameron would pray at the end of every lesson at the the afternoon school. Okay. And so most of what you did was teaching English. Was there any time that you would, say, go into a village or into a city and do evangelism there, or or did you mostly focus on your teaching? Mostly focused on teaching, but like we'd evangelize any chance we got, and um, yeah, about halfway. So there's ten of us teaching at the school originally, the 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 village school. Sweet kids, some of the best kid that I've ever worked with. They're so sweet. They, after after only one day they were they were giving us letters like like little notes and stuff. Hmm. Oh, it's very kind of them. And uh, they're just they greet every morning when I get there they greet greet they greet me with a, with a hug and like drag me into the, the schoolyard. <laughs> not drag me, but like take, <laughs> not not literally drag me, but like Actually, I had a co-teacher for that school. I had a co-teacher for both both schools. My co-teacher for uh, the morning school, she's Dutch. Her name's Lotte. Lotte, I mean. L-O-T-T-E. That's It's hard for Americans to get the... I mean, she had problems with pronunciation amongst English speakers. Because it looks like something else. Looks like... Because the, the way it looks, you know, it doesn't look like it's... So if you're listening, uh, apologies for for butchering that. I bet I actually didn't butcher because I I know her enough. Okay, it's Lotta. Looks like Lottie though. So. <laughs> Latte. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're in South Korea, Lotte. I think that's an actual company there. Anyway, you know she she has a she was before the GTS she was going to school to get a teaching degree so that was. That was great, and lesson planning together for the mornings was was really was really good because she had a degree in teaching, and she, to be honest, she did most of the lesson planning. I was just I was just helping mostly. 
Well, helping is helping is just as important. I I mean I I know your head teacher wasn't a prophet, but I know somewhere in scripture it says that that a prophet's helper will receive a prophet's reward. Yes. And I did receive that reward and that was the children there that gosh, I miss those I miss those kids. Hmm. Yeah, it was about halfway through when we switched, it was like it was so I half like most of us were crying when, when we had to, when we when we had a hmm. it was so tough to leave that place. I bet. Hmm. Well, it sounds like an awesome experience you had. Yeah. And then the the second the second half we after we switched it's either like garden work or like either there'd be a couple people some people gardening and go to the village with this village pastor and uh just listen to people's like people's testimonies and stuff. Hmm. And that was pretty and that was there's some moments there's some moments of that that were uh that were pretty surreal because like some of these people basically anybody anybody in any local who is over like f- 50 had survived a, a genocide hmm were, were, were survivors of a genocide so it's just it's fascinating to hear their stories Man, that's through, ha- through a translator because they're speaking Khmer, local language. Man, that that's heavy, and of course the genocide. You may, for those listening, you may have heard of Pol Pot before. Pol Pot. Yeah, he was the, he was the dictator, who, uh, who engineered this genocide. Very bad guy. Yeah, he blamed America for. He said it's because the American, because America was coming, but that's not why at all. Yeah, I'm assuming it probably had something to do with. Did it have something to do with the Vietnam War? Because I know it was right around that era. Yeah, it was like it was right. It was right after the Vietnam War. Obviously, if if you know what Vietnam looks like, you know that it's that it's not a very wide country. So like there was there's bound to be some spillover into both Cambodia and Laos. Hmm. Man, that's the most intelligent thing I can think to say to all that is that's crazy. It really is because it's not talked about enough. I mean, I, I I get I get that Hitler, the Nazis were were very bad people. Well, and and also. You know, we have we like we have video footage of concentration camps and yeah, and of course World War Two is a is a very victorious story for America. And yes, it is more victorious of a story than than Vietnam. Yeah, boy, no kidding. But also, it's not just Vietnam. It's, I mean, the war was. There's video of of President Nixon saying this is that. This is not a war on Cambodia. And yes, it wasn't. But the consequences of the Vietnam War were not felt just in Vietnam. They were felt in neighboring countries as well. Hmm. Yeah. And foreign policy, it's... 
it's pretty messy stuff since I mean I don't know how you feel about about American foreign policy if if you know I'm not sure how I feel about America like being the world's police force but but on the other hand we see that you know there are very real consequences to well to our actions as a country I mean there's Vietnam and and you know it definitely challenges more isolationist views when when you look at what happened there and and we mentioned North Korea earlier I mean imagine if North Korea had had won the Korean War and taken over the whole peninsula I mean that is I can hardly think of anything more frightening than that yeah that, that is very frightening oh yeah yeah that's just you got any more questions nothing nothing I can really think of at the moment except that um what, what was it like coming back well the first couple days it was freezing cold <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah when I was in Cambodia the weather every day was mid to upper 90s and sunny Oof, that that's with the, hot with the occasional rain with the occasional afternoon storm yeah, and well, you were saying earlier you you're in, you're not bred for the heat. That's why I, that's why I had to had to handle that's why I had to handle that heat so I could be productive. I could actually do stuff. Yeah, I guess I guess your body adjusts some over time. It did adjust. So yeah, basically it adjusted just be, to just being like sweaty, just like slightly sweaty in your shade. You just you just get used to being sweaty, and it's like. Well, there's nothing I can do about it, other than shower. If you, if you, other than just sit in the shower for the whole day, which which, which would be not good. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't exactly work out. Although there's this one hol, there's a holiday there. That, it's in the, in the middle of April. The holiday gas station or the holiday inn. No, it's it's actually a cultural holiday. It's called that's actually Laos, Myanmar, yeah, Myanmar, Thailand, and Cambodia all celebrate their culture New Year's around. The oh, same. so like, okay, I thought you were like referring to like a cool building, but but no, this is like a holiday holiday. Got it. They they all celebrate their cultural New Year's around like the same couple of days and then Vietnam just uses the western new year <laughs> but yeah Khmer New Year in Cambodia is very it's one of the best times that was like that was one of my favorite parts about about the trip cause you just see usually in in culture there like t touching somebody's head is like not something you do it's like frowned upon but there but in the, during this holiday you can just like you'll put baby powder in so you basically throw baby powder and water at each other you'll be like you'll be driving down the road or riding down the road and there'll be people on the side of the road with buckets and hoses they just wait for you wait the, for like vehicles to come and they spray them with water hmm. and there was also baby powder involved which is like 
But you get a baby powder and you like put it on your hands and then like just put it on people's faces and hmm. Like that reminds me a bit of when LeBron James before games he'd pour the powder on his hands and throw <laughs> it up for the crowd. <laughs> yeah, something something like that. You get, you throw water and baby powder on each other and it's just but I'm guessing it's a bit more significant yeah. to the holiday than just... It's it's not just for show. There must be some significance behind it. Well, I know that, I know Thailand and Myanmar also do the water, but I think Cambodia's, Cambodia is the only one that does, the ba- that does baby powder. Oh, okay. So they just want it to be different. <laughs> and yeah, that was so much fun because it feels great, obviously, when it's hot out. Yeah, it must. So I guess culturally, what was, what was your favorite thing about Cambodian culture? Just how open how open they were they were to how open they are to like I was doing a house visit one day with with a couple of the guys. We we met this one we met this one guy who'd been been married for twenty years, and he we asked how he met his wife, and he said. They just made eye contact walking down the street. I mean, marriage is different there. It's just... But, like, I don't know what that has to do. Sorry, that has nothing to do with what I just said. But I just that's just a funny... That's just a story that I like. Hmm. Uh, just how, how different the culture is. Like, I guess it's not that different just seeing somebody in, like... I mean, love at first sight is not that different. But for it to last that long... Is impressive. Yeah, it just it seems like what you're trying to get at is that the people there are more likely to take time out of your day to really yeah. to really connect. Yeah, and like this guy, he was a I don't remember what he he was like. I think he was a village one of the village elders or something. I mean, he wasn't that old, but he's like one of the leaders of the village. And he was a, and he had, he was a, he used to be a Christian. He had, and then, but he just, he still had his Bible after, after all these years of like not knowing whether to be Christian or to be Buddhist, because that's like the main religion there. Mm-hmm. Like he was Christian when he was younger and then he was like, then he, I think, gave it up for Buddhism. Hmm. But he still, but he kept his Bible. Which is like really cool, hmm. and just there was another there was another story from a from a house visit. We were just I think I think we asked we asked somebody what life was like before. Like they were just like I think somebody one one of us asked about the the genocide and, and this lady just told us what is how, how her, her her perspective of like her story of, of what happened during it during the genocide hmm. and how she uh she, I think she's been living in the same house her whole life or the same at least the same village like she's telling us how everybody was being taken to the to the big cities. Like they're being forced out of their homes. 
and stuff, and it was just like, wow. It's just it's crazy how open, how open they are. Hmm. She like she had to hide and something like she had relatives who were who were killed and it's just the the whole Pol Pot Khmer Rouge thing is just it's fascinating. Hmm. Yeah. There's a book and a movie about it called First They Killed My Father. Yeah, it's a really... It's not talked about enough. I mean, Germany gets all the... All the... All the... Talking about... Hmm. Or the Nazis, I guess. Not Germany itself, but... And yes, like I said, they were bad people, but... We have... Footage and stuff, but... But also, just... Still, that's this happened more recently. It's not. Maybe it's because America. Maybe it's because it was a. Maybe the re, maybe the reason it's not talked about more is because there's an there's an effect of the Vietnam War. And hmm. like, if I started teaching it, like the FBI and government agencies would be like, should be like, telling them not to or something. That's like keep. Not put America and like, but it wasn't Amer. It wasn't the Americans that were killing all these people. It was the Pol Pot and the, his Pol Pot and the CCP, was also involved. Hmm. Which, if you don't know, they're still in power in China. Yeah. I I recently saw a video. I want to say I want. I want to say it was from Shanghai or from. Or from some some city, there were very tall apartment buildings in this city, but and this was very recently too. This wasn't. This was by no means at the height of the pandemic. This was like, very recent. Like this year, like a couple months back. I think. Yeah, twenty twenty two. There was this drone flying around, just shouting out orders for people to stay in their apartments. That's crazy. Yeah, and it's like, because they got, like, one case or something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and at this point, well, I don't know what the vaccination rates are in China, but, man, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. That's just surreal to have, I mean, they're, yeah, it's wild. It's wild. That's really all I can say about it. Yeah, and just being there, I I felt. I just felt more at peace than being, than than being not there, you know, like than than I do now. And you're referring to Cambodia. Yeah, yeah, not China. I've never been to China. Okay. Yeah, we're shifting back to what you like about Cambodian culture. <laughs> well, one thing is I had to delete social media except for except for Facebook, for Messenger. Bef before we left. So that might have been part of it, but also just, I didn't really, I don't really, I don't really read the news to begin with, but I just, I mean, people could have been talking about this and I would have had no idea because I don't understand the, the language of Kamai, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, 
what was going on outside of the outside of Cambodia just seemed to have little effect. Unless it was like soccer related because they're really <laughs> big into soccer there. Yeah, World Cup's coming up. You you plan to watch any of that? Maybe. I mean, go Team USA. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but. Yeah, I'll, I've been getting more into soccer recently. I went to a Minnesota United game a, a couple weeks back. I, I have a friend who, he actually recently moved to Missouri, so we went to visit them and then went to a Minnesota United game. They were playing in Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but at any rate, it seems like what happened outside of Cambodia didn't. They didn't really seem to mind that much. That's what you were getting at. Yeah, it's just like. It just felt like nothing was. Like, if if you're in America, or or like, or maybe probably even Europe, you you always have feel this feeling like there's there's something, so you always have a, like a bad feeling about. Well, something, whether it be like the war in Ukraine or just politics in general in the U.S. Yep. Don't even get me started about, I hate this time of year in the U.S. <laughs> Every other year. Just. But yeah, in, in Cambodia, it's just like, it was all, it was all sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> Actually, there wasn't that many rainbows, but it was a lot of sunshine. <laughs> Just felt like there's, I mean, one of the one of the one of the girls from from my team is actually, she actually went back there to do secondary school, in September, and she's there right now. And. I mean, she might have a different opinion now. Because she's, been there, like, been back there for a couple months. Almost. But, yeah, it just felt like. Whatever was, it just felt like everything that just felt like everything that was going on outside of Cambodia just like didn't really have, wasn't really, didn't really mean that much or didn't really have much, much of an effect. I think, on the one hand, I think each of us in our own lives can take a lesson from this. Yes, it's good to be an informed citizen and especially this time of year, early November, you know, it's good to have an idea of who to vote for, but, but I mean, you don't have to be super obsessed with the news to be a good citizen. In fact, there are plenty of people who would be much better citizens if they paid less attention to the news and they just, Oh, tell me about it. Jeez. Yeah. Just to really just focus on, on living your life and, and you know, like we've hinted at earlier, um, just getting good at your current vocation, doing it for, for the glory of God, and and also just taking time with the people around you to both enjoy the simple things of life, but but also have meaningful conversations like what we're having. Oh, de- definitely. And and uh, and to wrestle with things. <laughs> plug. Yeah, a plug in the podcast itself. <laughs> that's like the third plug. Like the third plug so far. I mean, hey, <laughs> when it 
I know an opportunity when I see it. You sure do there, Isaac. You sure do. <laughs> but at any rate, you... We were going to talk about, about your return. So you said when you first returned it was cold. And what have you been up to since then? Um, Yeah, well, first, with the first day and a half, I was like... I was freezing cold because I'd been... Actually, it took me only like a day and a half. Yeah, it took me about a day and a half to get used to the Washington weather again. Because <laughs> I went back to Washington for a week. And actually, I did. I got baptized in the ocean out there. Was it? In, it was kind of cold, but it felt great. <laughs> so that was a Wednesday. So I graduated on Friday. Yeah, Friday. So yeah, that was really fun. And then, I, then after I got home, I had a party. We had a party for me the day after I got back from Washington. And then, it, then I spent a I spent a couple months looking for a job. And then in September and August, I finally started working again. And I've been working five days a week. Listen. So, what's it been like returning from an environment where, where you know you're doing, you're doing vocational missionary work? What's it been like returning to a more mundane environment and and being in places where, where you know it's not normal to be thinking and talking about Jesus and where people are a bit more closed off? How have you adjusted to that? It's definitely it was it was tough coming from a warm culture and warm weather. Warm, yeah, warm climate culture in Cambodia to to a warm climate, warm like warm, still warm culture in Wyoming. Back to the cold, desolate culture, not desolate, the cold culture of of the U.S. and. I think one of the reasons U.S. culture is so cold compared to other cultures is because, well, one, politics. Politicians kind of kind of made it really a cold culture by always fighting and stuff. But also, like, just the, like, Interactions between men and women. See, in Cambodia, in other parts of that region, you don't. If if you're a guy, you don't. You don't like. You don't, don't make contact with a girl unless like you don't do. You don't touch a girl unless you're uh, unless you're dating. But here, that's obviously way different. Like. Did, did I tell you? I didn't. Did I, did I elaborate that when you talked about this episode? No. no. Yeah, like the the culture on contact between men and women is is so much different. Like, like you don't you just don't really make contact with somebody of the opposite gender unless you're unless you're married or just dating. 
does that refer to is that, does that refer strictly to physical contact or yes physical contact which means there's a lot less domestic crime in that part of the world like 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 sexual assault and like rape and because it's just not part of the because unless you're like in a relationship with somebody you and just coming back from that kind of a culture to the to the US where it's like the exact or it seems like the exact opposite with like you know, I mean some of that's political like but also just it it leads to the way the way we treat that like you can touch anyone you can you know, touching or the word touch sounds weird in this context it doesn't sound right but like making contact with, with somebody of the opposite gender I, I know what you mean the date the date no I'm kidding just making contact with somebody of the opposite gender is just so mundane here you know it's like you don't even think about it hmm and so how do you think that relates to the U.S. being a colder culture it leads to more crime more like I mean, it doesn't it doesn't have it. Can, it can lead to more, more domestic, more domestic crimes. You know, like. And so you think that that means that people don't trust each other as much here. There is some of that, but also like, if if you, for those of you who are in who live in Minnesota. If you've been watching, if you've been watching TV, and you've been seeing ads, like for you've been seeing the political ads against Scott Jensen, it's all about like abortion and and not and like rape and it's all about like he's he's pro-abortion. And he doesn't with no exceptions for rape or incest, and it's like you know what? There wouldn't be so much rape if it weren't for if. If, like, you know what I mean? Hmm. Interesting. But abortion is a whole other topic. Well, and maybe you could get Cameron on for that one. Hmm. Maybe. Cameron, if you if you, if you hear this, so it's, it's only an idea. You don't have to talk about that if you don't want to. But what you're what you're saying is really interesting because I've always thought that that more modern western countries tend to have less crime than than the developing world well yes i mean there's there is there can be more crime but like but cr- like like theft and just like petty crimes like not theft isn't always petty but like just crimes that are like one-sided or like murder just like quick murder like with a gun or I don't know, but yeah, I mean, crime can be. It just, it depends on the. It's it's not. I mean, crime can be higher in third world countries and in the developing world. But at the same time, it's like. Not all crime, like, like I feel I, I don't know if this is I don't know if this is true, 
that domestic crime is less in that part of the world. Like, like sexual assault and rape and all that. But if it is, I know why. I can see why. Well, that's definitely something I'm going to want to do more research on. You should. Okay, well, uh, I guess on that cheerful note, I can't really think of anything else. So it's been great having you. Great having you, Gannon. It's been great. It's been an honor talking with you. Yeah, thanks again. This was, this is a great conversation. And uh, with that, I say, Soli Deo Gloria.